0: Welcome back to Calling All Sports. This portion of the show is brought to you by Corey Insurance, Dakota Beverage, Billion Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram, Hucett Speedway, the South Dakota Golf Association, and Corey and the Fireflies.
1: And, and uh, my heart goes out to those folks around Lewiston, Maine. My, I have a very good friend that I go to visit every summer, or at least had up until COVID, and I, I was out there this summer, Todd Jameson and his family live in, in Portland, Maine, and just uh, stayed up late watching that horrific uh, series of events that took place last night at a bowling alley and then at a, at a at a bar where they were playing cornhole. The the bowling alley had a teen night, and uh, as of this moment, eighteen people are dead and thirteen more are injured. Three are critically injured in the hospital, and just wanted to let those folks know uh, that that my heart goes out to you and my prayers. What a horrible thing for a community. Uh, back to calling All Sports, back to the good stuff. Uh, it's going to be a fun place to be at the Dome on Saturday in Vermilion. And Tyler Merriam joins us, the voice of the Jackrabbits. We had John Thayer on yesterday. What's it like for you? Uh, how much more exciting is it for you? I know you get excited for every game you do, but when there's this much on the line and it's USD and South Dakota State, I'm guessing there's just a little bit more energy on your part, too, isn't there?
2: Uh, certainly when you get into the game, you know, I think the preparation for every game is, is very similar. And you know that, Mark, you've prepped for, for thousands of games yourself, that the game is the game. You know, it's now when you get there, and the environments they can be a whole lot different, and certainly this environment will be very unique and special. It'll be the first time that there's been a sellout in the Dakota Dome in five seasons, and and there'll be a lot of people there in red. I think there'll be a decent number in blue as well. And so when you have this much on the line, two top five teams and knowing what's at stake there will be a lot more added to it so it'll be fun to feel the energy in the atmosphere on saturday in vermilion
1: do you go in I, I i used to take days to prepare for every game i did when it was college stuff high school doesn't take quite as long because you know those kids and you know the stories aren't as long but going into a college game i had all kinds of little stories written down about that i kind of wanted to mention how many of those do you end up using during the course of a game because i used to find out that i I wish I hadn't wasted so much time preparing because I only used about maybe 5 or 10% of them.
2: Yeah, that's the the typical going is that you maybe use 10% of your stuff, but you never know which 10%. I always tell people when they ask about preparing for a game that it's a quiz at the end of the week. You know it's coming, and you have a general idea certain things are going to be on there. The series history, what happened the last two times the Jacks have gone to Vermillion, we're definitely going to touch on that. I have notes on USD's third quarterback. We might never see him in the game. Or the first two quarterbacks might get hurt, and he might be the deciding factor. And you say, well, that would never happen. When college game day came to Brookings in 2019, the guy taking the snaps of the fourth quarter for SDSU was the third quarterback because the number one got hurt and the number two was ineffective. So these things can happen very easily, and you need to be prepared for any possible scenario. So, yes, to your point, Mark, there's a a lot of stories in there that um, may never make the light of day or maybe something I leave on my board for five or six weeks because that particular wide receiver doesn't get as involved in the offense, and all of a sudden he does have a couple of plays, and I've had it waiting to use until his moment arrives, and then you use it when the situation presents itself.
1: Well, i got to believe one of those things you will talk about is Josh Davis. How ironic is it that he is now calling plays for USD after you know being at South Dakota State and being a, a really good player for the Jackrabbits, too?
2: Yeah, you talk about a guy who was a Jackrabbit through and through, and then, was able to uh, get a tremendous opportunity for he and his family and to become the offensive coordinator at a Missouri Valley school. I mean, how do you turn that down? And so certainly uh, he's a jackrabbit, we know, uh, but right now he's a coyote and he's earned the reputation that he was an excellent play caller at Northwestern of Iowa before he came back to STSU and now he's got that opportunity at USD and he has him clicking. So I'm delighted personally for him. Uh, he's a friend and somebody who I admire a great deal. And then as far as what he's done with the USD offense, I mean, when you look at Aiden Bauman and the success they've had, remember there were times last year before Bauman came in, they struggled to be able to throw the football, and that was the case in the game in Brookings, and now they've totally overhauled that offense, and and they have things clicking in a big way, and so no doubt that will be a, a topic of conversation, how well he knows everybody on this staff. and and it certainly is one of those interesting subplots going into Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think it might even be the most interesting subplot, but uh there are lots of them and I'm glad to hear it was this, it's the same dilemma for you that you only probably get about 10% of those stories that you'd cooked <laughs> up into your broadcast because I I'd always get down and go gosh, I really wanted to mention that, but it just didn't make sense, it didn't fit yes. with the flow of the game.
2: Correct. Yeah, you don't you don't want to force things in, so it's a matter of How will this present itself? I mean, there's a lot of little things that go into it. I think one of the unique stories going into this game is USD has been very good defensively when you look at the scoring numbers and whatnot. But rushing-wise, they have had their issues. And if you take away the St. Thomas game, which was a non-scholarship team, they're giving up 4.9 yards per rush. They've been very good in the red zone, and they have forced teams to have lengthy drives, and they have the old phrase, bend but don't break. That's what they've done but they have struggled to stop the run. What is the thing SDSU does offensively as well as almost anybody in the country? And that's run the football. And so we talk about subplots and whatever. To me, that's point one of all of this. If the Jacks can run the football at five yards a carry, they're going to be in a very good position to win this football game. If USD can slow down that run game, it's a different story. But that stat is the one I keep coming back to as I go through my prep and and just keep thinking – Hey, USD's gonna have to stop this rushing attack, and if they don't, it certainly gives a lot of positivity towards that jackrabbit side of the field. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. In fact, that's, that, that would be my determining factor right there, is the fact that South Dakota State has the best offensive line in FCS football, and, and they take a lot of pride in what they do, and I think as long as, uh, as, as long as they're not turning the ball over, they have the edge in this game because of that.
2: And to your point, Mark, when you look at how do you beat this SDSU team, well, you need to probably force a turnover or two, keep the offense off the field. What was Montana State able to do? Jacks turned it over once in the first half, and Montana State had some long drives, so the SDSU offense didn't have as many opportunities, and they're down 10-0 at half and had to rally and win in the fourth quarter. USD's offense... I tell you what, the one thing that really jumps out to me, I think in the past the Coyotes have not always played complementary football. This year they are. What Travis Johansson, what Josh Davis, and what Bob Nielsen, what they have concocted here, they're playing very solid football and complementing one another because they don't play a ton of guys on defense, but the ones they do are really good. And so they're not making them stay on the field 35, 40 minutes by running a high-octane, no-huddle offense. They're controlling the football. And so what USD has been able to do is not have to uh, sit there and, and run just this run-and-gun style. Bauman's been very good at managing the game, and when he's needed to make a big throw, he has made some tremendous throws. And so he manages the game especially well, and with how they've done this, they've been able to win these games, and that's a tremendous compliment to Nielsen and his staff on what they've been able to do, and that recipe does lead towards success in keeping the ball away from South Dakota State.
1: I I think it's great that USD is playing as well as they are. I think it's just terrific. It's, you know, for the rivalry, sure, but just for all of us in the media, it, it's a whole lot more fun for me to have Bob Nielsen on every Monday when they're playing well. I I already know that Jimmy's going to be fun to have on every Tuesday, uh, but it it just adds so much more to everything the sports climate that we have because the rivalry between South Dakota South Dakota and South Dakota State has lost some of its luster. And I think this is bringing it back because you you got to admit, South Dakota State and North Dakota State, when it comes to football, that's been the rivalry the last several years.
2: Oh, no question. In fact, we were even chatting about this earlier today with a couple of the members of the jacket, the coaching staff. You know, you think back to a decade ago, did NDSU really value the rivalry with South Dakota State? It did to an extent, but the Bison were winning every year, winning fairly handily. It didn't truly ratchet up to the rivalry again until SDSU won back-to-back years. And now it's a cutthroat deal again, right? Where, they, you know, and, and to your point, Mark, about the fact that SDSU and NDSU are two of Probably Montana State at this point, you'd have to say they're the three top programs over the last five years in the FCS. Those are the three. And whatever order you're going to put them in, when you look at the recent run of success, it's been those three and then it's everybody else. USD obviously has won the last two trips to Vermillion that SDSU has had. And that's been the other interesting thing is, is I've had a number of those guys bring that up to me without me suggesting it. They know the history. They know what's happened the last two times there and however it occurred and however you want to analyze it or look at it, these are guys who this class that's graduating has done everything with South Dakota State football. It was a great program when they arrived. They've turned it into an elite. They've turned it into a national champion. The one thing they have not done is win in Vermilion, and they are very well aware of that, and I have no doubt that's a motivating factor throughout the course of this week for them.
1: So you don't have to go in the locker room before the game starts and give a speech. They already know this.
2: You know, usually they ask me to go do that, and begrudgingly I do, but I said this week, Jimmy, I think it's under control. I'm going to leave it in your hands.
1: <laughs> uh, he, how, how do you enjoy working with Jimmy, by the way? I, I, I've had fun having him on the show.
2: Oh, I have a lot of fun with Jimmy, and of course, you go back in time, Jimmy is uh, just a couple of years younger than I am, so we were in school together and then covered him as a player. I was uh, on the radio crew my first year doing football on the radio was his senior year, so I knew him then, knew him as a graduate assistant, knew him as an assistant coach, and so he's a new head coach, gets this job, and, and he's relied on me for some things, and we've kind of become partners in crime on some situations. So it's been a lot of fun to get to know him on another level beyond just the assistant coach side of it. I think it's been neat for people to see a different side of him because even a lot of people who are close to the program around here, oftentimes all they saw was him on game day, a very intense, ferocious individual walking around the sidelines an hour before kickoff, He's got a big, bright smile. He's got a good sense of humor. And to be able to have him bring that out to a different audience and let people see him for who he is, I think is a really cool thing. He's a great dad, you know, loving husband with a wife and two kids. And, and I've had a lot of fun with Jimmy. And it's just – it's different. People ask, what's the difference? The first thing I say is we never knew that the speakers had bass at Dana J. Dykow Stadium during the Stig era. It's a little <laughs> different set of music that Jimmy plays yeah, in no, practice. No kidding. You know, but but the other thing is just – Stig had a way of doing things, and we all knew him, and now it's new, it's just different stuff, and so there's some things that you never thought about before, or Jimmy approaches differently, and, and not wrongly or rightly, just different people, they're going to do different things, and so it's been fun to see that, and, and but one thing's for sure, you ask Jimmy a question, you will get an answer, Mark. Yeah,
1: a straight answer, I, I appreciate yeah. that, so, I will right, well, have fun Saturday, it's going to be in the dome, you got to be thrilled about that, because it's supposed to be cold, it might even snow, so uh, I I'm sure glad it's. I'm sure glad it's under the Teflon or what used to be the Teflon roof. I'm not sure what it is anymore.
2: Well, I, I will say one thing. It uh, it will not be cold in that dome. Uh, based on previous experience, usually uh, uh, air conditioners are needed to keep people's temperatures under control in there. So I'm sure it's going to be uh, hot and, and humid and, and exciting both on and off the field on Saturday in Vermilion.
1: All right. Have fun, Tyler. Thanks for being on today.
2: No, thanks, Mark. You take care.
1: Tyler Merriam, our guest. Tyler, the voice of the Jacks. We'll be right back with Curtis Riggs after this break. For those who don't like to be still. For those with things to do and the drive to get them done. For those in search of a partner to help make it happen, there's a bank. A bank that listens, acts, and impacts all things right here. Dakota Bank. Go with experience. Go with teamwork. Go with integrity. For banking,
3: insurance, mortgage, and trust dakota bank here for you member fdic equal housing lender insurance and trust services not fdic insured
1: most of the time you don't give your garage door a second thought until it doesn't open or close that's where overhead door company of sioux falls comes in our service professionals are available 24 hours a day seven days a week if you have a garage door emergency we'll be there And we're here for preventative maintenance, too. Overhead Door Company of Sioux Falls, now celebrating 55 years in Sioux Falls, plus offices in Aberdeen and Watertown. Find us at OverheadDoorSD.com.
0: or go to BillionAuto.com slash fleet.
3: Jeff Gould here. One of our daughters bought a mattress online for only $400. It's 18 months later. She's moving out. Leaving the mattress behind says it was a waste of money. (sighs) That's why I tell people go to Comfort King, the original mattress factory of the Dakotas. Yes, price is important. More is who you buy it from. Don't waste your time and money on the cheap stuff. Get quality. Visit Comfort King Mattress Factory. They're the best in the market.
0: Comfort King, the original mattress factory Download our free
3: cataract checklist at VanceThompsonVision.com.
1: Are you looking for a fun, rewarding place to work? At Arby's, they've had plenty of people make it into a fulfilling career, like Denise Hone, who started over 30 years ago.
3: It's not just a job for me. It's a family environment where I've always enjoyed coming to work every day with a smile. There are great opportunities for advancement, and we would love for you to become part of our team. Find out more about working at your
1: favorite Arby's. Apply now by texting BigBeat to 8500. You hear me talking about great life every day for a reason. And it's not just because my son Nick Ovenden is the president.
3: Actually, Dad, I honestly don't know if there's anybody who gets more out of their membership than you. And that's just with the golf you play. You spent half that time at the uh, fitness center. What are you implying? <laughs> that I'd love to have you work out with me every morning at 6 a.m.
1: I don't think so. How about waiting until I'm awake?
3: Well, good thing most of our facilities are open 24 hours a day, and we've got a friendly knowledgeable staff that will help you get started or even keep you on track if you need to be done ah, Let's change the subject. When are you adding new golf courses? <laughs> well, we're always looking ahead for our members. So in addition to the courses that we have in the region, we also have Great Life courses in Kansas City, Topeka, and now Arizona. Now you're talking. Hey, hey can you help me hit it further, too? Yep, any time of day. But as for straighter, I sure can't help with that. <laughs> I, I know that. <laughs> but our golf pro certainly or... can. <laughs> Give us a call or stop by any of our locations to see what we're all about. Or go to joingreatlife.com. Live, play, better at Great Life.
0: Welcome back to Calling All Sports. This portion of the show is brought to you by Arby's, Overhead Door, Great Life Health and Fitness, Lewis Drug, Furniture Mart USA, and Fireplace Pro.
1: And speaking of Arby's, our next guest is going to be lucky enough to be able to get his dinner at Arby's right before he does a, a football game over in Brandon. As the Lynx of Brandon Valley host Jefferson at 6 o'clock, and Curtis Riggs will be on that, that crew for Metro Sports. And Curtis, what are you going to get for supper tonight?
4: Uh, it's always the same for me, regular roast beef. I'll try new things every once in a while, but, uh, I always go back to, to what I know best.
1: I know. We're creatures of habit, aren't we? Yeah.
4: Yeah. We um, I know some people that aren't,
1: but I, I'm one of them for sure. Uh, <laughs> everyone that knows me would chuckle if I said I wasn't and say, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah.
4: Uh, the curly fries too, you can't get away from those. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then a lemonade. That's what I get to yeah. drink, so. <laughs> Uh, so you got a game over there, Brandon Valley against Jefferson. At times this year, I've looked at this Brandon Valley team, and if whoever wins this game is gonna play Lincoln in the next round, uh, Lincoln's game tonight has been moved to tomorrow, but that's inevitable they're gonna beat Rapid City Stevens. Uh, they've had such a phenomenal year. Do you look at this Brandon Valley team? I, the reason I bring this up is a couple of weeks ago when they played before the game, I thought they'd be a team that might give Lincoln a, a, a real tough battle, and they didn't. I was shocked.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did that game for Metro, and uh, you, you're right. It was um, over in the first quarter. I mean, Jack Smith and Ty Schaefer were unstoppable, and uh, it was 21 nothing in a blink of an eye. But I think tonight Coach uh, Benedetto for Jefferson's got to be thinking, man, <laughs> Usually you want bad weather to beat a better team, but against Brandon, you want good weather. You want them thinking they can throw the ball and they can open things up. Tonight might lead them to think, we're going to hand the ball off 50 times, and that's what's really scary to all the opposing teams.
1: Well, and not only do they have this college-size offensive line, but they've got pretty good depth in the backfield because the last time I shot their game, their starting running back didn't play, and their backup running back looked phenomenal. But that's because of the line, too.
4: I I think it's 100% because of the line. I I, I think they find good players that are able to get through the first level, and then when they get to the second and third level, they're able to run through some arm tackles, get positive yards. But a lot of times you'll see, I mean, they'll get six, seven yards before they're even touched. And you're right. I mean, this is a college offensive line. It's about six four six five. 285 across the board and um you you know we all know navarro Shunky hasn't decided what he's going to do wrestle or play football where he's going to go but he has some elite offers there's no doubt about it then they have other college capable offensive linemen playing on that line too
1: yeah it's uh it really reminds me of the days of max hawk at yankton where they had a couple of their linemen every year go to nebraska and and that's that's the Best compliment I can give this team is they remind me of that squad in Yankton when they just kinda of ran over people.
4: Yeah, they they were a dominating force. That was just as I was starting to come in um and and then coach at Roosevelt, and that's all I would hear about is Yankton and and I thought we played against some great Yankton teams and people would often say Oh, the ones before this were, were way better, way more physical and I thought. They were. Wow. Yeah. That's quite the compliment. I'm man. talking before you got
1: here, these teams in Yankton were big yeah. and strong and just muscle people. Let's talk about some of the other games here since we, we've got about uh, four minutes left. Uh, we don't need to talk about Lincoln. Washington at Harrisburg, O'Gorman at home against Roosevelt. Don't we assume Harrisburg and O'Gorman are going to win those games?
4: I, I think so. I, you know, Washington played Harrisburg very tough. It was a two point game. They did. But it, I, I feel like Washington's really checked it in and um their performance last week was just dreadful and, and so you, you just, you have to think Harrisburg's trending and uh, Washington's on the decline. The Roosevelt one is one that's always, uh, you know, intriguing just because of Jackson grabbing good. And, again, if Kim Nelson decided to give him the ball 35 times in a game, who knows what could happen there because he is a very, very talented running back that many people don't even know about because he gets, you know, 10 to 12 carries. Uh,
1: 11-AA, Piers game tonight postponed. Their only loss was to Brandon Valley. Um, are they still the shoe-in to win this whole thing, or do we look at Yankton and T-Area and think they've got a shot?
4: Well, I, th- I think, you know, they have a shot, but everything has to go right. I think – Pier is is the best team. It's just uh, can a team come in with uh, incredible game plans and turnovers go their way, and then they have a chance. And and Yankton showed that the first time they played, they played three good quarters with them, and then Peer just pulled away.
1: Eleven A. Dell Rapids seems to be the class of that class. Although West Central's only loss was to Winner. That's year in and year out. That's one of the tough ones to predict.
4: How how do they not play each other? I. I mean that doesn't make any sense. Well, they probably Um, will. They they will, but you know they're they're what five miles from each other, and it just seems odd. But yeah, I I think you know those two in Canton are the definitely the three best teams. Um, I think you know West Central and Canton are very close. I think Dells is above those two. But I think those two have a chance to to play and beat Dells too. Dells still the scary fact this season though, they're actually showing more offense than they have in years past, and, and that's because of the Henry kid at quarterback. But um, you know, usually they play uh down in distance, punt, play great defense, and wait for you to make mistakes. This year they're a little more attacking.
1: Yeah, Stooby's pretty good too, by the way.
4: Yeah, yeah, he is. 11B,
1: it's winter until you take it away from them. Every year it's winter. Uh, Last year, EPJ beat them out, but uh, I don't know. This winter team went into West Central, into Hartford, and won 28 to nothing.
4: Yeah, I I mean, it has to be. I think it's one of those where they're like Georgia, they're the champs until someone knocks them off. Um, You you know, you're right, Elk Point Jefferson beat them last year. We can't forget that, but. It's them every year. Every year they're in there, they're, and they've shown this year that they're at the top again. It, you know, I think Sioux Valley, I think Sioux Valley's doing a nice job. Yep. Um, but, but it, it is tough to say. I, I think they've shown that they play that physical style that you have to be able to beat and not many teams can just have the patience. The patience is the key there to do it. And Oak Point Jefferson last year actually dumbed themselves into it. You know, they made some mistakes early and they thought, well, let's just try to run the ball. And they found out, hey, we're doing a pretty good job of this. And they actually beat Winter at their own, their own game.
1: And Tri-Valley actually took Winter to what triple overtime in the first game of the season on the road. Right. Uh, so they're kind of a dark horse in that class. We don't have time to talk about the nine-man schools, but I'm going to say this. The nine AA class to me is by far and away has the most teams in it that could win the state championship.
4: I can't wait. I love the nine-man state championship games, too. I love those. I love going on watching them. I love the passion of the, the communities. The whole community comes down and watches. It's one of my most favorite parts of that entire week, um, so I'm really looking forward to those again. Well, let's
1: talk more about nine-man next week when we, uh, we're we into the semifinals. It'll be more fun then, but, boy, tonight there's three monster games in 9AA for you to watch, so uh, we'll keep track of those for you on Dakota News Now.
4: Yeah, those are ones though that there's games that can get out of hand quickly too though. And um you, you get someone like a, a, a David Reuter who oh, gets to do that. I gotta uh, cut
1: you off here. We're about out of time. So we'll talk next Thursday, right. okay? Have Thanks Mark. Have fun yep. tonight and enjoy Arby's. <laughs> Curtis Riggs, our guest. He will be every Thursday throughout football. We're back again tomorrow.
0: Are you ready to transform your-